0: Welcome back into the Irish NFL Show off-season podcast special as we build up to the free agency tampering period, the start of free agency, just under two weeks to the official date of the new NFL business year. It's combine week, there'll be plenty of stories coming out. Last week we discussed the Chicago Bears and the interesting off-season that they have. We are now joined by Dean Jones from Cat Crave to discuss the Carolina Panthers, and I look at the Carolina Panthers and I say, oh, my God, that's a story in itself. This offseason, there's so much change already and there's so many more changes to come. Dean, it's great to have you back on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, good to be here again. Like I say, exciting times, really, uh, after so much misery.
0: Yeah, I was going to take it back to when you were last on the show. It was week three of the season in which you played on a Tuesday night. You were playing the Texans. Matt Rill was the head coach. He's for 2-0, he's been 3-0 that night. And I was thinking, sure, what's happened since we'd asked Bug the Dean? So, Sam Darnold got injured. Philip uh, Walker plays. Cam Newton returns. They, tr- they trade for Baker Mayfield. He doesn't work out. Matt Rowe loses his job. Steve Wilkes wins six games and nearly gets him into the playoffs. And he gets for well, not fired, so he doesn't get the job. And here we are. Where, where do you want to start with all of
1: that? oh. I mean, it's it's just been a roller coaster from 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 kind of the moment I started covering them. Really, this would be my third draft uh, covering them um, at the start of the Matt Rule era, and uh, which which was an absolute catastrophe. Um, I think a lot of people knew from quite early on that is is kind of methods were never were never going to transition from college to the NFL effectively and not addressing the quarterback position well enough. Um, Ended up being his, his downfall, really, among many other things. You can't go through so many quarterbacks and expect uh, to have any sort of consistency. And uh, credit to Steve Wilkes last year, he, he galvanised the group pretty quickly, um, relied heavily on the run game uh, to sort of cocoon Sam Darnold when he got into, into the lineup again. And that brought some improvements even from him as well. So, um, like I say he was unfortunate not to get the job. I know many fans wanted to go in that direction. Um but what Frank Reich's been able to do with his coaching staff uh, so far, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to sort of distinguish why he separated himself from Wilkes and other candidates really.
0: Yeah, fairness to Frank Reich, I mean, you can't you can't look at him from you can't really legislate for what he's had to experience in the, in his year last year in Indianapolis. You know. You look at the, the coach himself outside of a very difficult time he's had last year and you can totally understand the benefits of why you want to go to coach like that. I just wanted to touch on the GM because I call there so many components of what's happened over the past years between, and you touched on it there. you there, know, you can't keep turning over quarterbacks and expecting him to be continuously winning. And yet, Steve Federer is still in the job and he, out from the outside looking in, with, with all those difficult decisions that have been made and changes, most teams by there would have moved on from the GM as opposed to kind of focusing on the head coach. Are you surprised that with everything that's gone on, that he still remains in situ? Uh,
1: not really, to be honest. Uh, I think it's pretty well documented that uh, Matt Rule had the final say on on personnel. Uh, it was one of the stipulations that kind of got him, the ju- convinced him to come on board when the Giants were after him as well. So, um, not surprised really. Uh, he's going to get a good chance to um, sort of mould his own his own staff, draft his own quarterback. Um, I know that's what his preference has been for a long time. Um, and obviously, considering Matt Rule, the pressure he's under, uh, he'd obviously decided to go for a potentially quicker fix and, and relieve some pressure from his shoulders, really. But um, David Tepp has made no secret of Scott will have a final say in personnel moves. Uh, he'll be more collaborative, obviously, with Frank and Dan Morgan and and all, all the other sort of influential figures in the building, which is kind of a more traditional way to go about it, rather than just hand one person absolute power. And we, we see, we saw how that went for them really. So Scott was complicit in the decisions at the very least. I mean, people are, are still a bit skeptical about, um, his ability to, uh, successfully mold the roster. Cause we've not, we've not seen it yet. This is his, um, this is his big chance. And I expect, uh, I expect them to be bold, to be honest, um, given the strength that Carolina's got in multiple sort of key position groups. Uh, it allows, uh, allows them to take a risk or two, and that all starts with uh, drafting a quarterback for me.
0: Yeah, you touched on Matt Rear and the Giants. They go, I'm a Giants fan, so I, I still the <laughs> luckiest Look, he escaped. Well, you say that, but then Joe George got the job. So put, no, uh, I don't want to turn it into a Giants podcast. And <laughs> else. No, but I do reflect on that day, which it looked like for all in Sunday, he was going to the Giants and, you know, there was, you know, scheduled helicopters to bring him up to, up to the Giants facilities. And then obviously uh, David Hepper got him involved and astronomical contracts are handed down. And, and obviously, you know, he's never going to get the full running of, of the Giants organization, as opposed to what you as you said there, to it, that he was saying, you you'll be the decision maker and you know that decision came with quarterbacks not being selected I mean he's just, the Panthers are selecting nine this year I recall a couple of years ago when they when they took Horn and quarterback and everybody was surprised that potentially didn't go for Justin Fields Horn is a great player in his own right we saw it yeah. you know the attributes of him last season we saw how badly missed he was and that came against the Bucks, which the Panthers really should have won if it wasn't for a fourth fourth quarter meltdown catastrophe whatever we want to call it we like to have two secondary players out in that particular game was still was on doing essentially because I know Mike Evans who didn't really have many games last season to go off on. But looking at draft picks and we say it was it was real decision making I would have thought Real would have really been geared towards trying to bring in a quarterback. Brandon, when he's come from the college background, sense that he would think he'd be, he'd be in a position to take in a quarterback from the draft and work with a quarterback and mould him into the potential future. Uh, quarterback of of the franchise, but he went a very different route.
1: Yeah, I think um I think I think there was a report from Joe Person from the Athletics saying that they that there was a lot of people in the building that wanted to go up for, for Justin Herbert in twenty twenty, but um Rule wasn't too keen. They just signed Teddy Bridgewater, desperately needed a, a de tackle and they they ended up sticking to their guns and taking Derek Brown who's who's he's an exceptional player in his own right, came of age last season in year three. Um, he was he was absolutely outstanding, um, but it doesn't solve the problem. It's kind of the most important position in football. Obviously, there was the Justin Fields thing where they could have taken him after trading for Sam Darnold, that didn't work out, and um, kind of back to square one again this time. But like I so said, they they do have enough talent at, at skill positions. The offensive line is good, providing kind of Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett um, get back, and Bradley re resigned. I mean that was one of the most impressive things about watching the Panthers last year was how cohesive they were on the protection. Um, so everything's in place, and and Scott Fisher has said himself. I mean this is this is the time to this is the time to go and and get your guy. Who that's going to be still undecided, but I would I would be I'd be shocked if one of the top four prospects didn't end up in Carolina by the time uh, OTAs get
0: here. Yeah, and we've seen in the bars with teams moving up and you even touched out there, that the Panthers didn't move up to get Herbert a four in that, that draft during COVID, but they are in a position now where it says they may not even have to move up. But I know like the Bears yesterday put out this PR exercise. I think there's yeah. already a spin. People are saying that Schefter even had that tweet schedule to go out at a particular time. <laughs> like all of this it is it's the first day of and people arriving and the Bears are already yeah. for business. But like a people have kind of already drawn questions as to who are the most likely candidates to come up to, to take that in the one pick and I can see for all worldwide the merits are there for the Panthers to do but then you also look at the four quarterbacks in question and there's still like in other years we've seen quarterbacks going to draft and everybody knows like it's, it's Trevor Lawrence he's a standout Well, obviously wasn't in the team particular last year and this year even now people are saying Bryce Young, CJ Stroud they're not entirely sure Richardson is a really enticing one for me you know this week is an interesting week with the combo. I know it's hard to really gather too much from people throwing the ball sense with no one around them and stuff but Levis has obviously been linked to the Raiders at seven. Like, you, if they're comfortable with any quarterback of the four, you, why would you like consider moving up? And I know they've obviously stockpiled on the back of the McCaffrey trade where they're in yeah. position to take essentially a lot of 49ers picks. I think it's two seconds, two fours. They've 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 got the 49ers toward. The Panthers still have their own toward. And obviously picking light. Do you see them? Do you, do you really see the need to go up? Do you think it's something that they really will consider? Or do you think they just park themselves and wait for me?
1: Uh, I think they'd be running a major risk of losing who they want if they stay at nine. Um, I mean, you could make a case for sort of three or four teams uh, taking quarterbacks ahead of them, depending on what Seattle does. Uh, I I think that's the wildcard one. Um, I know Juno Smith was great last year, but at the end of the day, he's on on the wrong side of 30 with, with one decent season as an NFL player. So whether they want to sort of draft, Maybe Richardson or or someone as a as a kind of contingency to develop behind Smith, um, that's that's kind of the big wild card for me. Um, but I think that if if they're absolutely one hundred percent convinced in any of the top four, they need to go. up. Simple as that. They've got eight draft picks in the top one hundred fifty. Uh, that's all all the draft couple they've got, and it's all in the first top one hundred fifty picks. Kind of as you mentioned with the McCaffrey trade. Um, Sacrificing next year's one uh, if they get their franchise quarterback, so what? Do you, know, do you know they yeah. they've kind of been in purgatory for so long, kind of since Cam Newton's injury trouble started uh, in sort of 2018, and that's just that's just too long to be without consistent quarterback play, and it's and it's no surprise to see them they've been struggling ever since. So if they're convinced and the compensation is satisfactory, go up, guarantee your guy rather than kind of running the risk of of losing them to somebody else.
0: So this is the problem, I think, where the Panthers are at now. It's been, and he's touched on there, it's too long since essentially Cam Newton has been the better than quarterback that we can't, they can't rely on a project scenario. Like, there's of teams in the, in the league where the, the fans will will be satisfied with a quarterback that essentially could potentially sit for a year or come in at some stage during the season because it's not working pretty for, the, for the regular quarterback yeah. um, with the Panthers. I mean, if they were to consider Richson or if they didn't live up and they, they took a, someone at eight, and then people say, well, it's a, it's a project in the making. And imagine the Panthers fans won't be like, where did he say? Did they, did they rely on Sam Darnold again, who played well towards the back end of the season? You touched on earlier, and they, there was a lot of things that were put around them to make him be successful. They, he had a really strong ending to the season in certain ways, but then when it came to the crunch in Tampa, when really the game was on the line they, to win, essentially put themselves in a position to make the players, he couldn't get it done.
1: Yeah, that's 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 been the problem. I mean, like like I said before, Steve Wilks cocooned him really well behind a behind a good running attack. and um, didn't ask too much of him, but if they weren't rushing for two hundred yards a game, they weren't winning. So that's not a, a recipe for success either. Um, I personally think that even if they do sort of go with Stroud or or Young at, at the top end, they're still going to sign a vet. Um, I, I probably don't think that's going to be Sam Donald. Uh, maybe someone with kind of previous experience in Frank Wright's system. Uh, Jacoby Brissett maybe um, if there needs to be a period of transition but I would say if Young or Stroud were the guys uh, they need to start week one Uh, simple as that Uh, they've got enough talent I I think out of all the top four they're the two that could be day one starters and genuinely help a team sort of right out of the gate because especially see C.J. I mean, he's your stereotypical Frank Wright quarterback, He's 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 got the right size, he's mobile, he's accurate, um, and that performance against Georgia in the in the college football semi-finals kind of quashed any remaining doubts I had, and after watching the film on him um, during my own assessments, I mean, he would be QB1 for me. Uh, obviously, you've got the young with his size, uh, that's a little bit of a concern, not in terms of how he sees the field, I mean, just in terms of, of when he gets hit, I mean... You didn't have to see it at Georgia. Every time he was taking a sack, it just looked like he was in a car crash or something. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. But I'd say one of those two for me. Uh, and then Richardson is the, I mean, he's the biggest Fisto farming prospect I've seen in, in a long time. Um, he could be absolutely anything and then nothing all at the same time if he can't sort of rid himself of uh, decision-making errors and get a little bit more touch on his throws. But if he puts it all together, and Carolina's got the staff to get the best out of him, I mean, he, he he could be an absolute superstar.
0: Yeah, like, just on Richardson, there's been so many conversation reports and articles I've read this week where subject to a good convoy and protest that some people are even kind of... And again, it's city season, so you're going to read every story and every different person has been... There's a lot of people that are saying potentially Richardson could be the surprise element, like similar to when going down to Cole Baker Mayfield because he was there with the Panthers last year, but that kind of... Yeah. Draft again, where for a long time, Baker Mayfield was way down the pecking order. Like at the start of January, he wasn't even in the top 20. And then all of a sudden, by April, he's been picked at number one, which was it. It wasn't a stutter at the time because we we could see it coming, essentially. But by the time, Brandon in mind where we were in January, and this is kind of similar kind of articles to what we're seeing now in Neil Richardson. Right now, they they see him the fourth of the, of, of the top 10 Q, well, the top 10 I, in terms of maybe all four goals in the top 10. But where if what will be the, mat- the order come come April? And a lot of people are feeling that he could be the one that goes at the moment because of because of the long term aspirations of a team that you know you've got an Amara Jackson type quarterback
1: in the making. Yeah, it's the it's it's the same with Will Levis really. Uh, it's the it's t- NFL teams don't generally uh, kind of draft quarterbacks on what they've done in college. It's it's kind of what they can become at the NFL level. Obviously, you've got Levis who's who's big. He's got he's got a rocket of an arm. Um, I personally would put him for last of the group. I mean, I mean I've mean, i got some real doubts about him, uh, his decision-making, um, just how flustered he gets under pressure sometimes. Um, that's not going to get any easier. Um, but like I say R- Richardson's just got everything. His dual threat is, is incredible. Um, he can make every throw going. And to be honest, I mean, the growth he showed at Florida last year, that was his first real sort of season as a starter. I mean, the growth is what will make teams sort of look twice at him because he really came on with every game. Obviously, it was it was never going to be perfect. I mean, he hasn't played enough football to for it to be that way. Like a say a Travell Lawrence, who, who started as a freshman, got three solid years before coming into the NFL. But I mean, the upside is 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 it's kind of hard to measure. Like I was that impressed with him when like when watching his film, um, just a really talented prospect and. Like I say, Ka- Carolina's got all the coaching staff now. They've got Josh McCown, they've got Frank Wright, they've got Thomas Brown, Jim Caldwell, all all hugely respected figures when it comes to developing quarterback talent. So the foundations are there.
0: Yeah, I was just being honest with the coach we did touch on it earlier and the fact that Steve Wilkes was... You know, you look at what he did over the course of the, the remaining part of the season, you could understand where he would be to, from running Canada to get the job. He didn't play out from the end. Look, he's been—he's been he's been... Rewarded with a really good job in San Francisco now going forward. But all the measurements and everything you touched on there, I mean, you're alluding to so many different coaches there, all of them have great offensive back, background and skill set. It's inevitable that the mindset within the within that particular carousel of trying to interview coaches that we are going to draft a quarterback and essentially you're the right coach to basically bring this quarterback on.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what the foundations have been laid for. I mean, it, it would be a shock if. Kind of David Tepper shelled out all that money for these coaches who are, I mean, even even Josh McCown. I mean, he's he's highly regarded. He's got no NFL experience, but he played for twenty years in the league nearly. So he, he and he knows how to how to mentor from a sort of a veteran backup role. Uh, so that should ensure kind of a smooth transition for him uh, to the coaching cycle. Uh, but like I say, everything's in place. Everything's in place. They've got good talent. Uh, Taris Marshall came on a, a turn when Matt Rule. Was finally fired last year. Um, DJ Moore. Uh, I expect Tommy Tremble to to come on a little bit in Frank Reich's scheme as well. Although they'll probably get help at tight end, um, and then they've got a good kind of one-two punch at running back if Dante Form is extended. So it's 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 arguably the best situation for any young quarterback to be going into for me.
0: Yeah, I was just going to touch on throwing Maxine. Yeah, you, you threw Spirit in there as well. Had a really kind yeah. of interesting back end of the season. Triple over oh, really good and, and Dante Ford was kind of the forgotten man for a long time. And then he, he, he saw what he did in particular the game in Seattle and, or the yeah. where, You know, a game the game against the Bucks at home man would essentially ran it down their throats. I mean, if you keep that like where, where where you go for years of focus on McCaffrey and McCaffrey essentially is the face of the franchise to so a three-headed monster attacking your idea. to Fonty Ford right now is out contract, but you would expect them to try co- come to a compromise before free agency starts. I mean. That's that's a great starting point for for a new quarterback to have three running backs. It says all the pressure is not going to be on the quarterback. He touched on more. He's a great, fantastic boy see, where Terrence, whereas wasn't being utilized properly, and you saw the difference when with a different coach and stuff. Like, in a division right now that's in flux, like, I don't know what are the what are the war to use on this division. But bearing in mind where the Bucs are. The Falcons are still yeah. in the, this kind of period, and the Saints. I thought the Saints would be really strong last year. It didn't really materialize. It had some really good games and then they go off and they lose another game they lost some close games like this is a real opportunity for whoever grasped it this, you know, throughout the course of free agency and, and the draft this year to to really push on
1: yeah it's there for the taking I mean Tom Brady's retirement uh, kind of changes stuff but I mean the Bucks weren't, weren't great last year um, I mean if JC Hall had been about in week 17 uh, the result might have been different and Carolina might have won a divisional title I mean that's how bad the, the division was considering they started Started so poorly, but like I mean, I mean, I mean, I can't stress how important sorting this quarterback situation is, and I don't think it's going unnoticed uh, in the behind the scenes either. I mean, for all David Tepper's faults, um, most owners get their first hire wrong, to be honest. And what's important is that he's learning, and he's trusting his football people. Shelled out. God knows how much money to get these coaches. I mean, there's no salary cap on coaches, which kind of works works for him. Um, he's 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 given Frank Reich everything he needs, and now it's up to Scott Fitterer to 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 get the right quarterback involved.
0: Yeah, just and uh, I know there's a, another folks on the draft see because of where the Panthers are. But they, yeah, we're we're only a couple of weeks away from free agency, and you look at the the cap number right now for the Panthers, and I think they're four million over the cap. And um, you know, financially you look at the, the like the Bears at ninety-eight million and Falcons who are in the division of forty yards so they've got a lot of flexibility to go and do stuff. Are you expecting radical changes within the current roster or do you see a lot of players trying to recognize in the work which has been done who want to stay around stay around, obviously recontract and put themselves in a the position to be to be stronger next year? are we going to find ourselves in a situation where where they get the quarterback situation because of the constraints of Caps face, I think they can't really do a lot more in terms of utilizing opportunities. Are we going to see difficult decisions made in the next week or two to release players that have had fruitful years for the Panthers?
1: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. I mean, they can they can kind of kick the cam down the road and get themselves around 25 million by restructuring DJ Moore and, and Taylor Moten, uh, which I expect one of them to get done, um, which would give them more options. Um, I'd expect Pyle flying to be cut. Damian Wilson as well. Um, I think the biggest decision they've got is with Shaq Thompson. Uh, his his cap is point four six million. I think, um, and it's kind of split half and half whether if he's released or traded. Um, maybe they kind of work out a two three year deal with him to keep him around because his production's still good and he's and he's the undisputed leader in the locker room now as well. Um, which is kind of another impactful thing that that shouldn't be overlooked for me. Um, but that camp has got to come down with Shaq as well. So but whether whether they just decide to release him and go with um, a younger option or work out kind of a, a two- or three-year deal and then backload it um, with a restructure straight away or not uh, remains to be seen. But there should be changes. I mean, Bradley Bozeman is not going to be cheap either to extend um, after his good season. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. But I think I think they can put themselves in a pretty decent position if, if kind of they make their the right course I and they've just restructured uh, Austin Corbett as well, which saved them six million. So um it'll be interesting to see, but they they need a probably need a veteran quarterback and they could do with a tight end as well. But um, we'll see if they approach that via the draft.
0: Yeah just looking at you like the drop off from, from Thompson tears away where else they can go could say like the centre Pat Elf and only four and a half four point eight million. Yeah. Turns of cap saved and you got Daniel Wilson at three point six. Said, you know, it's just um, just over 30 million.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's the restructures with DJ Moore and Telemotin that that'll that'll generate the most. I mean, they're, they they are pretty easy to sort out. The players still get paid the same either way, so um, it just gives them a little bit more flexibility uh, to get the right pieces. It's going to be an important year for Frank Wright to get off on the right foot as well, so uh, they need to do everything they can to ensure that's ensure that's a realistic possibility.
0: Yeah, where where do you see potential of free agency size. I mean, is there any particular for me, like linebacker and is one particular position of priority? Like, is there is there any other ones that you see as kind of you know, like you don't necessarily have to go and spend the big money because the giants had I looked at what they did last year to give yeah the players and hiddenness to players and reasonable contracts that were really productive. Like you don't have to be shelling out massive contracts for these guys to build a a good collaborative approach in terms of defensively or offensively.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's it's kind of interesting on the defense because Egirio uh, Rivero runs a lot of three four base with so uh, which and in, and in, in, interchanges a lot with a lot of nickel packages. So in that scenario, I think they they, they definitely need a veteran quarterback. Um, they've just just Dante Jackson's got a long road ahead of him. He's got a torn Achilles. Keith Taylor Jr. and CJ Henderson just weren't up to the required standard last year, um, so they could use a vet. Cornerback rather than sort of relying on a rookie to to come in and make an immediate impression, uh, which rarely happens despite kind of source Gardner and Horn and right at the top end. I mean, that's not where the Panthers are going to be picking a cornerback anyway. So, finding a veteran cornerback would be kind of essential for me. Um, Also, a decent sort of pass catching tight end as well. They might be able to get someone like Mike Kazicki or Evan Ingram if the Jaguars can't extend him. Uh, they've got two really good blocking tight ends in Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. So even if Kazicki isn't the best blocker, I mean, that's that's not what they need. They need a reliable presence over the middle and in the red zone, which would be obviously a great help to any rookie quarterback coming in. So I'd say they were the two uh, positions that I would address in free agency. And then obviously the priority then is to extend Bradley Bozeman and get a uh, short-term deal worked out with Dante Foreman perhaps as well.
0: Yeah, you, you touched on it there and you, you spoke earlier about how they have tremble and obviously he needs a little bit of additional support tied in. I mean, when he was in pass catching situations and he, he was, he, like, you could, see, you could see the talent. He was productive. It just, it just seemed to kind of go off. Like, I remember going back to when you were on the show, like, he was looking really shy and really good and he was getting into really good positions. And then all of a sudden it just seemed to waver for a year or two and just completely. was that purely down to the fact that was there a trust element between the coaching and himself, or was it we just what were, were players that were being drawn up just the removing him from the picture?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a strange one because when he gets the ball in his hands, he's really good. He's, he's athletic. He's he's aggressive. Um, can generate yards after the catch, but um, there is some work to do. Sort of get getting out of his routes and um, uh, catching the ball under pressure. Carolina didn't utilize their tight ends all that much with uh, Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule throughout their respective tenures anyway and the same with Joe Brady as well to a certain extent uh, last year but um, I mean hopes would be high that he could come on with Frank Reich um, kind of leading the charge Ian Thomas less so I mean Ian Thomas might be just sort of a blocking specialty now um, given sort of his body of work in the league um, but he's he was among the league's sort of best blocking tight ends for me at the moment I mean there were times last year where he was absolutely dominant uh, blocking the edge so they just need either Tremble to sort of step up consistency a little bit or find someone who can. Um, and there's a lot of options both in free agency and the draft to sort of accomplish this feat.
0: Yeah, when I watched the press conference with Frank Reich, one thing was very evident. He really was, his desire know, to have this job. I mean, he, he alluded to the fact that personal clowns was, uh, was obviously live in the Carolina area anyway. Once he retires, the fact that he's now going to coast here kind of brings that forward and his family are denied. Like. I was thinking that when he was interviewing for the job, and I said we're not privy to what the conversations there, but on the outside looking in, you could you could argue with the Colts are a reasonably good franchise, with the exception of maybe the owner over the past couple of years. But Chris Ballard is a good GM, and they couldn't get a right at quarterback. And you know, was he putting that down to the fact that I I was handed different quarterbacks throughout the course of the time there? As about and he goes, I know when I can coach the my right quarterback, as opposed to being handed different quarterbacks every year, and if. The security and the reliability wasn't given to him that we're not going to find ourselves in the same position year after year, like what we do earlier on in the show of just swapping out quarterbacks that he just wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't want to he wouldn't want to buy the job.
1: Yeah, I I don't think he'd have got the job on the premise that he was gonna sort of trade for a veteran quarterback and take his chances that way. Um he's probably laid out the foundations uh to draft and develop and bring in a vet, uh capable of either being a solid backup at best or kind of a a bridge option like say um, Jacob Brissett would be an ideal fit for me depending on the money Uh, he's worked with Reich previously uh, played pretty well last year for the Browns before Deshaun Morrison came back as well so um, that would be my preference if they went down that route but I mean it all starts with the draft they've they've just got to find that young rookie quarterback and a rookie contract to build around Um, because spending millions and millions on sort of veterans down the or past the prime is it's just no longer an option after what's gone on over the last three years
0: just to get your toss on where the panthers for, for supporters and fans their heads are at because in similar ways to the Giants a couple of years ago where the Giants were in a position to win the division on the last day but they had a poor record it was like six and, six and and eleven. the division was so poor and they didn't win in the end and they, they, they finished with the 11 picking the draft if they hadn't won that division they were in picking at 20 and the Panthers fans who I do know were all kind of disappointed in, in the manner of how the season played out. That, that came in particular against the Bucks, And I said, appreciate where you're coming from. If you had to win to the playoffs with all due respect to like you would have been immediately removed and you'd be picking at 20 as opposed yeah. to picking at 9. And like, of course, every team wants to win and they want to maintain their season for as long as possible. There's a long enough break for the NFL anyway. Never mind not watching your own team. But... Now the teams have kind of transitioned to where they're at, the new coaching. I'm sure the Panthers fans are looking back and going, maybe it's a blessing in the sense that we lost that game.
1: Yeah. I mean, after Matt Rule got fired and I think they started one of five, I mean, the the tank brigade were out. Yeah, of course. uh, Which is rightfully so. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of of the opinion that if Matt Rule had stayed the whole year, Carolina would be picking number one overall right now, to be honest with you. Um, but as it was, David Tepper had seen enough. And, I mean, Steve Wilkes restored the pride. I mean, the fans, was, it was just so low. Like, the morale was so low. Like, every week, just having to watch just a poor product, poor execution, poor planning, no in-game adjustments. I mean, it it, it was a shambles most of the time. And Matt Rules just kind of offered no accountability for, for, for anything, even though it was widely regarded that he was the primary shot caller in almost everything associated with the franchise. Um, I know a lot of fans were disappointed. Steve Wilkes didn't get a legitimate chance to win the job, but the way the NFL goes at the moment, it's it's an offense driven league. Um, they've never, ever had a coach with a primary background on offense um, throughout their history now, nearly 30 years. So um, this was a logical step. I mean, and expectations have gone through the roof since the coaching staff uh, has been assembled. So... Um, I mean, they're from the fans that I speak to and interact with. Um, they're all unanimous in their decision that they want to draft a QB. It's just which QB. I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of a daily argument of which one, which one's best suited to the scheme, to the fit, and um, whether kind of Levis is worth the gamble or is is Richardson worth taking at nine or is Bryce Young's kind of weight going to be uh, a stumbling block uh, in terms of durability. And um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's a daily debate, uh, fluid opinions all over the place, but um, the, that's the primary general consensus that that they're going to draft a QB. It's just the case of I'll try one.
0: I'll throw one out as the last question for the show because we haven't touched on it. And again, this is another one that keeps going around the houses and a lot of difference of opinions. If the Bears were considering a trade for Justin Fields, would you, do you think the Panthers would? Uh, I know they'd probably look at it and consider it and see see what the value is in terms of the trade, but do you think it would be something that they would look at as a, as I guess it's probably where do they see him against these four quarterbacks in the draft, would you think would they would that be something that the Panthers fans would be happy with or you think they would rather fully focus on the draft and take one of the quarterbacks there? Bearing in mind he's still on a rookie contract.
1: Yeah, I think it I think they'd definitely uh, they'd definitely consider it. Uh, he sh- he showed enough growth last year behind a behind yeah, a abysmal offensive line and almost no help at the skill positions. Even though they drafted uh, traded for Chase Claypool, sorry, um, but he's in going into year three of his rookie deal. Um, you're gonna have to take the take the fifth year option as well, which isn't isn't gonna be cheap. So um, while they'd consider it, and um, it would be pretty well received, I'd imagine among the fans. Um, it's probably worth just just taking your chances with with one of the top four of the college uh, kids and seeing how that how that goes out rather than being sort of three years into the into kind of a rookie pro contract process.
0: I hope come April when uh, the draft is over and, and you come back on, then we can we can shoot a fat over which particular quarterback of the four maybe it will be Richardson, and uh, we'd be saying you know yeah. all those attributes that we discussed in the show late February were, were, were accurate and they saw what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> look, like, I think every team, every fan, is, It's even you speak to finals where teams have been in the playoffs, they all have flaws and needs and they all are already pinpointing teams that the teams want to do. Panthers and the Sabres are really enticing. Sorry for any neutral NFL fan, to see what, what comes of the next couple of months. Dana from the CAC uh, Craig, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully we have you back on soon.
1: Yep, no problem, any Anytime. Thank you.